0: Hello, and welcome to Sombrero Fallout, where we listen to alternative music through the lens of intriguing themes. Well, I was reading an article uh, a week or two ago indicating that John Cale, of all people, was now 80 years old. 80 years old. And I did not want this opportunity to elapse without celebrating the man and his work. And I was prompted to do so uh, some months ago by my friend Richard D. Butterworth from his lair in London. So happy to oblige. We'll be listening to some of John's solo tracks. We'll also be listening to some of the work that he produced, uh, many great works over the years. But uh, he started his uh, oeuvre back in the 1960s with these people. Mm i'm waiting for my man or the man from the velvet underground's first hour album the velvet underground featuring nico but it also featured of course lou reed you'd be familiar with on vocals there bringing his own unique take on a rather sleazy world and his uh, uh what's what's transgressive lyrics to the party but john cale was bringing uh, something together. Something altogether different is rather unlikely partnership in many ways. I'm just going to read you a couple of paragraphs from a recent Guardian article celebrating his 80th birthday. Uh, Since forming the Velvet Underground with Lou Reed in New York in 1964, Cale has squared the circle between being wildly influential and defiantly inaccessible. His solo career takes in stately pop, scabrous sound experiments, bleeding-edge electronica and soundtracks for film and ballet. A few months on from turning 80, Cale remains an outsider's outsider. That dynamic is keenly felt in Wales. He is perhaps the country's greatest living musician, and yet his profile is dwarfed by the more easily digestible hits of Tom Jones and Shirley Bassey. The fact that his rise occurred on the other side of the Atlantic, amid the art house glamour of Andy Warhol's factory, gives his music an otherworldly edge that is unique amongst Welsh artists. And next is the opening track from his classic 1974 album, Fear.
1: Fixed on the door, this waiting. Warmer than a bedroom floor Want someone to hold me close forevermore I'm a sleeping
0: Fear is a man's best friend from the album *Fear* from 1974 from John Cale. Uh, the peak in many ways of his solo output. Three albums put out in little more than a year. *Fear* and Slow Dazzle and before that was an album we're going to hear from next. Before we do that, just a, a word of apology if I'm sounding a little croaky. I was doing Greek commentary last night. It was from a game in Perth, so it starts later in Melbourne. Came on at 10 o'clock and for a variety of reasons, we couldn't get the link up to the people in South Africa. I was following the game against between South Africa and India. I ended up doing commentary between a quarter to ten and a quarter to two in the morning. So, uh, a little tired. But, you know, I'm a professional, an non paid professional. Um, and uh, here I am today, showing up for the podcast. We will now hear a track from... One of the other three albums from that trio, from the, right about the 74 mark, 73 I think this one is. And this is from Paris 1919, described as a love letter to old Europe by John Cale himself.
2: I felt magic crazy this is. I never saw moons knew the meaning of the sea I never held the motion in the palm of my hand I felt sweet breezes in the top of a tree but now you're here bright in my northern sky A long time that I'm waiting I've been a long time that I'm blown, I've been a long time that I've wondered, but through the people I have known, oh if you would and you could straighten my new mind's eye. Would you love me for my money? Would you love me for my head? Would you love me through the winter? Would you love me till I'm dead? felt magic crazes, I never saw moons knew the meaning of the sea. I never held emotion motion the palm of my hand. I felt sweet breezes in the top of a tree, but now you're here, my northern.
0: Sky by Nick Drake from the 1971 album Brighter Later and you may be asking yourself is that simply a track that was influenced by John Cale's earlier work no not just that It may have been but we find John Cale popping up Zelig like on two tracks on Nick Drake's classic album he plays viola and harpsichord on Fly I nearly played that But I went instead for Northern Sky there. Dave Pegg and Mike Kowalski, session players for the Beach Boys, um, appear on bass and drums. But who do we find on Celeste, piano and organ but John Cale? And characteristic of uh, John is to pop up at crucial moments in musical history, as well as being a most important member, obviously, originally of the underground and then solo himself. John's time in the Velvet Underground <clears throat> gradually disintegrated as him and Lou Reed discovered there wasn't room for both of them within the group setup. But uh, John had made friends with Nico. Well, we assume he did uh, during the recording, in particular, of the first album. And subsequently, uh, John went on to produce many of Nico's solo albums. And here's an example of their collaboration together. That is Janitor of Lunacy from the album Desert Shore by the German musician Nico who used to be in the Velvet Underground with John Cale. Came out at the same time more or less as Brighter Later end of 70, start of 71. Was co-produced by John Cale and Nick Drake's producer Joe Boyd and that particular track was composed as a tribute to Nico's friend Brian Jones who had died the previous year. On the album John Cale plays as well as co-producing all other instruments except trumpet uh, and harmonium which Nico herself plays so as you can see in here, a multi instrumentalist uh, of great talent and skill Let me just add at this juncture I welcome correspondents from around the world and I have been catching up with a little in the last week or two. Uh, please do write if you have a anything you'd like to say, to iandekerforth at gmail.com, th at gmail.com, and if you didn't get that, you can find it on fallout.com's homepage by scrolling down to the bottom there. Also, why not become a friend of Sombrero Fallout on Facebook? It's always good to welcome new folk there, where you can exchange uh, musical points of view in an lovely safe welcoming atmosphere we are over 500 strong there these days let us return to the album fear and hear another track from that That's Buffalo Ballet from the album Fear, very beautiful, but the noisiness of the Velvet Underground had attracted many underground artists, not least a bunch of juvenile delinquents from Michigan, uh, who asked John Cale to get involved and produce their debut album for them, and this is one of the tracks from it.
1: Another day. <laughs> no fun for my babe, no fun. No fun for my babe, no fun. No fun. By myself No fun to be alone But in love With nobody else
3: Well, maybe go out Or maybe stay at home Or maybe
1: call mama on the telephone Well, come on Well, come on well, come on, well, come on, well, come on.
0: those guys really mean business there's no fun from the Stooges Iggy Pop's first band from 1970 he was busy in 1970 it was John Cale uh, very much in demand he produced that uh, debut album and there's a advert old advert from the 1970s doing the round at the moment of Brian Eno with his cat Eric advertising the cat food Purina it's rather amusing. I had no idea he was a go-to celebrity spokesperson in those days. Different times. But sooner or later, everybody does a collaboration with Eno, and uh, John Cale is no exception. John Cale sounding remarkably like David Byrne, I thought, on that collaboration with Brian Eno called Spinning Away. Great excitement in the hall as our next-door neighbour has come round to have dinner with us. Uh, her parents are away and we're acting in loco parentis. Well, briefly for this evening anyway. Uh, next-door neighbours are excellent people, lovely Don and Mandy. And they invite invited me and Scott round quite recently when uh, Thamesin was away, so... That's what, uh, it's when neighbours become good friends, isn't it? I like to say. In other important news, it's Halloween. I'm re- uh, re- recording this, and there's all sorts of. For some reason, all the little Halloween trick or treatsters are k- coming up to the end of my drive, pausing, and then moving on. I don't know whether they think there's that old grump at number seven. He'll never give us anything. It's fine, whatevs. Now, although it's customary to cast Brian Eno as a Svengali-like influencer, which is true, he is, let's not overlook the fact that it was John Cale himself uh, who was the biggest influence in many ways on Brian Eno before that. Yes, yes. There is a form of music called Sprechgesang, is that correct? The German... For speak singing, which has become very much a la mode in recent years, quite recently, particularly with some young English groups like Yard Act and Dry Cleaning. Where did it originate? Here.
4: Waldo Jeffers had reached his limit. It was now mid-August. Jumenti had been separated from Marshall for more than two months. Two months. To show with three doggy letters and two very expensive long distance phone calls. True, when school had ended and she'd returned to Wisconsin due to Locust, Pennsylvania, she had sworn to maintain a certain fidelity. She would date occasionally, but merely as amusement. She would remain faithful. But lately, Waldo had begun to worry. He'd have trouble sleeping at night. And when he did, he had horrible dreams. He lay awake at night. Crossing and turning beneath his could protect protector, tears welling in his eyes as he pictured Marsha, her sworn vows overcome by liquor and the smooth soothings of some Neanderthal, finally submitting to the final caresses of sexual grief. It was more than the human mind could bear. Visions of Marsha's faithlessness haunted him. Daytime fantasies of sexual abandon permeated his thoughts. And the thing was, they wouldn't understand how she really was. He, Waldo, alone understood this. They had intuitively grasped every nook and cranny of the psyche. It made her smile. She needed him. He wasn't there. Wow. The idea came to him on the Thursday before the mama's parade was scheduled to appear. He just finished mowing and edging the other six lawn for a dollar fifty, and I checked in my boss to see there was nothing but a circular from the Martin Luther and Company of America inquiring into his own needs. At least they cared enough to write. There's a New York company. You could go anywhere in the mails. Then it struck him. He didn't have enough money to go to Wisconsin in the accepted fashion. True, why not mail himself? It was absurd. He, he would ship himself parcel post, special delivery. The next day, Walter went to the supermarket to purchase pizza. A small masking to a staple gun, and a medium sized cardboard box just right for a person of his build. He judged that with a minimum of jostling, he could ride quite comfortably. A few air horse on the border, and a and a raspberry snacks, and it would probably be as good as going tourist. By Friday afternoon, Walter was settled. He was thoroughly packed, and the post office and agreed to pick him up. Marked the package fragile, and as he sat curled up inside, resting on a foam rubber cushion, he, he tried to picture the look of awe and happiness on Marsha's face as she opened the door, saw the package, tipped the deliverer, and then opened it to see her wall, finally there in person. She would kiss him, and then maybe they could see a movie. If he'd only thought of this before. Suddenly, rough brought hands with his package, and he felt himself worn up. He landed with a thud in the truck and was off. Marsha Bronson had just finished setting her hair. It had been a very rough weekend. She had to remember not to drink like that. Bill had been nice about it though. After it was over, he said he still respected her. And after all, it was certainly the way of nature. And even though, no, he didn't love her, he did feel an affection for her. And after all, they were grown adults. Oh, and Bill couldn't teach Bobo that scene many years ago. Sheila like her very, very best friend, walked in through the porch screen door and into the kitchen. Oh God, it's absolutely modern outside. I, I know what you mean. I feel all key. Marsha tightened the belt on her cotton board with the silk cigarette. she Sheila ran her finger over some salt grains on the kitchen table, licked her finger and made a face. I'm supposed to be taking these salt pills, but They make me feel like throwing up. Marsha started to pat herself on the gym. The exercise she'd seen on television. God, don't even talk about that. She got up from the table and went to the sink where she picked up a bottle of pink and blue vitamins. Walkman? one? Supposed to be better than steak. Then attempted to touch her I don't think I'd ever touch a jackery again. She gave up and sat down, this time to the small table that supported the telephone. Maybe Bill will call, she said to Sheila's glass. She'll on the middle After last night, I thought maybe you'd be through with him. I know what you mean. My God, he's like an octopus, hands all over the place. She gestured, raising her arms, up, put in defense. The thing is, after a while, you get tired of fighting over you me. Know? After all, I didn't really do anything Friday and Saturday, so I kind of you into it. You know what I mean? She's kind to scratch. Sheila was cute. after a while, she went forward in whispered. I wanted to no, come back. Now she was laughing very badly. It was at this point that Mr. Jameson of the Clarence Darrow post office rang the doorbell of the large sticker-covered frame house. When Marsha Bronson opened the door, he held her current packaging. He had his yellow and his green slips of paper signed and left with a 15-cent tip that Marsha had got out of another small beige pocketbook in the den. What do you think it is, she asked. Marsha stood with her arms folded behind her back. She stared at the brown carpet carton and suddenly the the I don't know. Inside the package, Waldo quivered with excitement as he could see the muffled voices. Sheila wound her fingernail over the masking tape and ran down the center of the carton. Why don't you look at the return address and see where it's from? Waldo felt his heart beating. He could feel the vibrating footsteps. Marsha walked around the carton and read the ink-scratched label. Oh, God, it's from Waldo! That schmuck, said Sheila. Waldo trembled with expectation. Well, you might as well open it, said Sheila. Both of them tried to lift the staple flap. Ah, shit, said Marsha. He must have needed it shut. They tugged on the flap again. My God, he needed a power drill to get this thing open. Get it with a whip. They both stood still, between their legs. not you get a scissor, said she. Didn't. Marcia ran to the kitchen, but all she could find was a big swinging scissor. Then she remembered that her father kept a collection of tools in the basement. She ran downstairs, and when she came back up, she had a large sheet metal cover in her hand. This is the best I could find, get a girl. Here, you do it. I'm going to die sank into a large fluffy couch and she exhaled noisily. Sheila tried to make a slit of the mask and masking tape and then decanted a cloth, the blade was too big and there wasn't enough room. God damn this thing, she said to him Then smiling, I got an idea. Walk, said Just watch, that Sheila, touching the finger to her head. Inside the package, Walter was so transfixed with excitement that skin fell quickly from the heat, he could feel his heart beating his throat. It would be soon. Sheila stood quite on the and walked around to the other side of the package. Then she sank down to her knees, grasped the cut of her both handles, took a deep breath and plunged the long blade through the middle of the package, through the masking tape, through the cardboard, through the cushioning, and right through the center of Robert Jeffer's hand. Like cause arts of red to it in the sun.
0: So that's the gift from the Velvet Underground from their second album, "White, Light, White Heat," John Cale's a short story about Waldo Jeffers parceling himself off to Marcia. It doesn't have a happy ending, in case you hadn't worked that out. And you can see a straight line from that to, for example, New Face in Hell by The Fall from Grotesque in, that was 1980 album, then on in turn to Pavement, who were influenced by The Fall, on Slander and Enchanted, singing that way, and then, as I say, all the Sprek bands um, of recent vintage. And Takeaway, John Cale. And suddenly the music landscape looks very, very different indeed. Things would have happened anyway, might have happened anyway, but not exactly in the way that they did. One of his other influences was producing, not that she was particularly grateful for his contribution, certainly not originally at the time, uh, the debut album of Patti Smith. And here's an example of his work with her in 1975.
5: Get,
2: win a lottery Scoop the pearls Up from the
5: sea catch them in and buy
6: you All the things you need Every night before I Press my head Dollar bills are in my bed. I know they're stolen, but I don't feel bad. I dig that money.
5: plane, babe. Get you on a higher plane to a jet stream and take you through the stratosphere and check out the planet and then take you down deep where it
0: That's free money from Patti Smith's debut album, Horses, from 1975. Would you hate me if I said it's not one of my favourite albums? Very important, no doubt. Uh, I had a girlfriend once who had a poster on her wall of the Patti Smith from the cover of that album. And she said she'd like to have it up there because she felt Patti was looking down on her and making sure she behaved in a feminist way at all times. So John Cale produced... Quite a few other albums, as well as 30, uh, I don't know, 16, I think it is, by the way, um, uh, 16 solo albums. Yes, that's correct. And he, for example, produced the first modern Jonathan Richmond, the Modern Lovers album. He was there eating a tangerine and not doing very much, according to the group, when he produced the first Happy Mondays album. Um, and so on and so on. So, as I say, popping up time and again as an important figure in Uh, musical history of the last 50 years and we're going to end on a solo track of his uh, from uh, a little later in his career Uh, but excellent just as excellent as all the others
1: this car.
0: I keep a close watch from the 1975 album Helen of Troy by John Cale who has been the subject of this episode of Sombrero Fallout we've taken an overview of John's career starting in Velvet Underground dabbling in his solo work his production work and where he has performed as an artiste with luminary icons such as Nick Drake and Nico well done John if we could all get to your age and produce such uh, a body of work and a legacy we would all be very proud of all of us can do that though. it doesn't matter uh, some of us are just foot soldiers in history but as long as we do no harm that's the important thing philosophizing over I will uh, draw this episode to a close therefore have I missed anything out uh, actually since recording the last Little segue and this final one. It's been two or three days gap. I've just been had a little bit of a bug, which has been annoying. But uh, never really thought there was such things as a 24-hour bug. Apparently there is. I was okay again the following day. Uh, usually, if I get something, it lingers for about two or three weeks. But uh, my perhaps my immune system is getting a new lease of life as I get older. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm rambling somewhat. I will probably retire at this stage. Uh, I have work to do. I have cricket commentary to do. I have wife's birthday presents to buy. Any suggestions? Welcome. Uh, we had actually w- one thing I will mention is that Alex and Scott had their twenty-third birthday We're in the middle of birthday season here, and uh, we had a very nice celebration of their forty-six years on the planet, jointly speaking. And Jamie, our eldest, was able to join us family is nothing more important than family have a great uh, couple of weeks or another 10 minutes if you're listening to this in the future and binge listening and uh, I will see you next time or uh, at least I'll be coming into your ears, see you then